Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to Ladies Who London podcast. I'm Emily Dell. And I'm Alex Lacey. And we are qualified London Blue Badge tourist guides. Each week we bring to you some of the best bits of London. We talk about our favourite people, places and events with a bit of information, a lot of laughs and a whole lot of fun. We can be found on Instagram at Ladies Who London podcast and on our websites guideemily.com and alexlacy.com for information about our upcoming virtual tours as well as what the blue badge guiding qualification is all about hello alex hello hello how are you i'm well if not a little bit chilly you're very chilly <laughs> yes i mean every time we do these zoom sessions i seem to have a water bottle on my lap but um apart from that very good good you're surviving lockdown three yes um I'm quite proud of myself, actually, because I recently did a bit of baking. Oh. I made a baked cheesecake. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, and I'm usually, you know, I'm not one to be in the kitchen, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a good cook at all oh, or no. baker. Um, but I gave it a go. And, you know, it turned out quite, quite well. Well done. Yeah. Your fiance is still alive, I guess. You didn't poison still, him. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, he only had it last night, though, so there's still time. There's still time, yeah. There's still time. <laughs> Let's not count our chickens, eh? Fabulous. <laughs> and what about you? How are you, my love? I'm also chilly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I have to say, I've been struggling a bit with this latest lockdown. I've I've had a bit mm-hmm. of a, a mental block this week. It's been a bit, but um, yeah. I'm getting through it. I'm kicking myself out of it, and we are powering on towards better days she exactly. says hopefully <laughs> exactly and you've got your global tea break coming up again which yes I am yeah. bringing back global tea break um I wasn't going to but then with the advent of lockdown three and just I think I feel like this lockdown's a lot worse than the other ones um yeah. so I just thought actually I need a focus and I need a bit of togetherness so yeah Monday to Friday every day at three o'clock um over on my Instagram at tourguide.alex. Uh, I'm going to be going live and talking about all kinds of random history, art, culture, fun stuff, silly stuff, important stuff, people, things. Basically, that kind of where this podcast sprang from, um, in part, was Global Tea Break. And you'll be coming back on, won't you? I will indeed, if you'll have me. Of course. Um, of course. So, yeah, I'm excited for you. You know, you've got to give the people what they want, Alex. <laughs> 
I don't and know they, they want, want it. They I'm want it, it anyway. <laughs> they want it. Got to give it to them whether they like it or not. <laughs> Here, have this. You will enjoy it. Um, <laughs> enforced fun. Yeah. yeah. So that's what we're going to be doing and keeping ourselves, um, yeah, going really for as long as this uh, this crazy, crazy time carries mm. on. There we go. Indeed. Well, um, last week, the first one of the new year. Yes. Uh, we chatted about the Match Girl strike in Bow in East London. We did, we did. We had quite a few messages coming through, Alex, saying that they really, really enjoyed that. A lot of people not knowing about that strike at all. So, yeah, yeah. that was fantastic. Yeah, and I was chatting to someone, and I'm really sorry, I can't actually remember who I was chatting to, and I can't find the message. Terrible! <laughs> I know, I'm so awful. And uh, But she went basically down a complete <gasps> rabbit hole, uh, having listened to this, and then went down a little rabbit hole about, you know, Bryant and May, and where they, you know, where they went, and whether they still exist, and all this kind of stuff. And um, and there was messaging me loads of info, it was fantastic. And it oh, turns brilliant. out Bryant and May, like I said, they did close down, but the name was taken over by a Swedish company, so you should ah. actually still be able to find find Bryant and May matches um yeah with that right go I remember the life of me who it was which is terrible well I hope she's okay I hope she comes out of the hole (laughs) hole at some point um but yeah it was a really interesting conversation and and just went like properly you know went down a rabbit hole which I love it's fantastic yeah that's what we're that's what we're aiming to do so um we need to find out uh who won the um podcast pedestal for last week now wh- what's the score I've lost track of the score at the well moment. the score well it's quite exciting sure I'm winning. actually because you're not, you're not <laughs> it's exciting because we are we're drawing at six oh, six you or say exciting <laughs> it is it's blooming riveting Alice <laughs> I don't think we've ever no we must have we must have drew um, but it's six all, so I'm hoping that uh, I'm going to be running ahead this week. Mm, do you indeed? Do you indeed? Well, I right. Do. So, can you remind everybody what the two options were, and I will then reveal the points. So you went for um, the factory, the match factory, which was created by the Salvation Army. Yeah, the rival one to to make conditions better and generally be a better force for humanity. And what an amazing choice that was! Which, of course, I would have, you know, I would have written all of that. But unfortunately, <laughs> Instagram doesn't allow more than four <laughs> words, so I had to be quite selective. Um, my one, I went for the the march, the march, the match girls heading from the east, which you know would have been an area that was so dark and so poor going to the west which is the area full of money going to parliament and fighting for their cause <laughs> sounds rubbish to me sounds um, fantastic. <laughs> go on girls right so which way do you think it's gone well i've only looked at my personal instagram and it's it, it has gone my way on oh, yours so, it might have yes so <laughs> i'm hopeful Oh, whatever. Well, um, uh, so the we had fewer votes this time than we normally do. Um, I think everyone's just <laughs> under a duvet somewhere. Um, so the Match Factory had 50 votes and okay. the March on Parliament had 88. <gasps> 88! You've done it. You're ahead. Yay! Damn it. 7-6. Seven, 7-6 six. Seven, six to it me. It won't last. Seven, six it won't me. last. 7-6 to me. Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much for voting, everybody. Whatever. You've picked the right choice. 
in your opinion. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, I'm never going to hear the end of this, guys. Seriously. Oh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Well, I'm going to aim to bring it back this week with my pick uh, from uh, the topic that we're going to cover, which is... Dun, 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 the leather industry in Bermondsey. I'm so excited about this because I, you know, the leather industry is a, a pretty mucky one with all sorts of stuff going on. So I'm really excited about, uh, oh, yeah, it's what's going to happen. Okay. Um, so the wheel landed in Bermondsey. So we decided, or I decided, to talk about leather because Bermondsey for, well, from about the Middle Ages up until the 1950s was an area where leather was made. You like a bit of leather, don't you, babe? I don't actually. <laughs> oh, <laughs> surely we all like a bit of leather. <laughs> You're talking, no, I, I don't think I own real leather. <laughs> Are you talking about you? You you own fake leather, don't you, pleather? <laughs> yes, I'm proud of my pleather. <laughs> it's still wipe clean <laughs> for all of your terrible cooking experiments. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's say that. Um, so, <clears throat> to talk about leather now, we know that leather um, has been, you know, turned or created into various things such as shoes and weaponry since about 2000 bc Oof. yes so it's um it's material which is incredibly durable and flexible it of course is made from a huge process which i will talk a little bit about um made from the skins and the hides of animals and, you know, without people back then coming up with this wonderful idea, they wouldn't have been able to, you know, make shoes and be able to travel for a long distance, etc. Um, but now, of course, there are all sorts of different materials that enable us to, to create shoes, to create bags and books and things. But leather is still a material that is very much uh, still loved and made. Yeah. And um, interestingly, one of the, the things that people can find occasionally in the river, in the mud of, um, of the River Thames, are things like Roman leather shoes. Oh, that's true. And even there's even um, Leo, our lovely colleague Leo will, will uh, attest to this. There is even a sort of a, a bikini bottoms, which um, <gasps> leather ones that were used by probably slave girls in Roman London, which have been found as well, which is fantastic. Bikini bottoms. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Goodness me. Leather knickers. Um, well, I should say as well, you know, there has been huge campaigns, especially over the last 10 years, to stop the leather industry. Um, various people, such as Stella McCartney, came out, I think it was about 2011, and, you know, she kind of came out openly and said why she does not use leather in her fashion, in her products, mainly because there are so many places around the world which, um, you know, unlawfully make leather and do not look after the animals and things like this. So leather certainly is starting to decrease. I mean, especially when you have people like Stella McCartney coming out openly saying that she doesn't want to use it. But, of course it is still being made. And when it comes to England, the places where you'll find leather production is mainly up in the north, places like Leeds and places like Leicester. But um, as mentioned, we are in Bermondsey. So, <laughs> um, and Bermondsey, 
really started to take hold of the leather industry about the early 1700s. And in 1703, Queen Anne, who we all love, don't we, Alex? <laughs> Poor Queen Anne, bless her heart. Yes. If you've seen The Favourite, you'll know that she's a bit of a character. Yeah. Um, so she gave a royal charter to the tanners. So the tanners are the people that produce the leather. So they are the ones that work the leather. Uh, oh God, there's so many different elements to creating the leather. It takes about a couple of weeks, but back in the 17, 1800s, it would have taken months because that's just it's such a huge process. And they were called tanners because they are tanning the leather using various substances, which I'll come to as well. So the tanners essentially became a guild and London was very well known for creating guilds, the bakers, the ironmongers. Butchers, the candlestick makers. Exactly. (laughs) You name it, we made them. Um, And having a guild behind you obviously makes it a little bit more prominent. Um, The blue badge, um, for instance, we are a guild, aren't we, Alex? We are. Yeah, yeah. So um, there are certain regulations, and the quality is looked at, and that would have been the same when it came to tanning. And about the 1750s, about 1750s in the area of Bermondsey, you also had the fellmongers trade, and the fellmongers were the ones that removed the hair and the wool, or oh, all, all the wool, um, and Get all the also, stuff off. Exactly, basically. and also the fat. Um, and then eventually would have sold the skin on to the tanners. Um, also the leather dressers, parchment makers, needle makers. So Bermondsey really became a hub of people that were incredibly skilled. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and before the 1700s, the place that you would have gone to, or about the middle of the 1700s, the place that you would have gone to would have been Leadenhall which is over in the city of London. Yeah, yeah. So uh, over there, you've got Leadenhall Market, which the one that's presently there dates back to about 1888, I think. Um, But before that, the market there would have been a place that would have been very, very smelly. Well, you, I remember this from um, the Hidden Rivers one, and you got very excited about the fact that it was all blood and guts and gore running well, into the river. I just, the, the senses, there's something about, you know, kind of like giving Actually, energy was, to the that senses. That was Smithfield market, wasn't it? That was Smithfield. I'm getting myself that was confused. Smithfield. But, but still, but same, same thing applies. would have been very, very smelly, and I'll talk about why it was smelly in a moment. And because it was so smelly, people wanted to move away from the City of London. So the City of London banned the leather trade. So suddenly they needed a new place to go to. Mm. And already Bermondsey was a hub, was a trade centre for leather. But now the whole, you know, trade centre moved to Bermondsey in London. And the reason why Bermondsey was so great is because you had so much space. Uh, You had a lot of countryside all around Bermondsey. So that meant that you could have uh, cows, you know, various cattle that could be reared for meat, um, for the milk. um, And then they were taken to nearby butchers. And then the butchers would have sold the skins to the leather industry. Yeah, of course, we could we should say that leather is, you know, essentially it comes from a byproduct, doesn't it? Yeah. Skins, you know, the animals are are killed for the meat and then, uh, you know, times gone by it would have been a um, nose to tail everything every bit of the animal is used either eaten or made into something so the skin's the same thing so that's why you know kind of the leather came around really 
Yeah, completely. Um, also, you've I, got I, constant... I do like that idea, though, of, of not, not wasting anything, you know? Yes, yes. And and that's right. I mean, the, the hair, the wool would have been taken off and created products, the, the, the horns as well. Yeah. Um, yes, all sorts of things. Um, water as well. In the creation process of making leather, you need quite a lot of water. And being so close to the River Thames was Perfect. you know completely yeah. ideal um and also because you had so much countryside you also had lots of oak trees and oak uh was something that was also used in the process um now when it comes to the process as i say there's just so many different levels that you have to go through i didn't realize um but you have to lime the skin which removes all the hair. Ooh. This is where you, yeah, you put alkaline in it um, to basically kind of strip it down. Yeah. Um, so the tanning process is incredibly important because if you don't tan it properly um, and you're not putting various chemicals, I mean, today they use quite a few chemicals, but back in the 1700s, 1800s, they would have mainly have used uh, animal dung, which is oh. why it would have stank so much in the area. Nice. And actually people were paid to go out to the streets of London and see if there was any dog doings, shall we say. Dog um, doings. Dog, <laughs> dog doings that they could use. Um, and then the tanning process meant that they would be rubbing this into the skin and the uh, various bacteria within that would stop eventually the skin from rotting. Oh, understanding a bit more why leather is brown. Yeah, yes, this is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although that's probably from the dyeing process, which comes a little bit later. I'm only joking. Um, <laughs> it wouldn't <but> have helped. <laughs> if they didn't do this process, and, and sometimes, you know, it's quite expensive. It's quite costly, especially if if you were somewhere where you weren't able to get a lot of dung, shall we say. Um, then this would have been quite bad for the end product because what you don't want is for the skin to start to rot because if it starts to rot, then of course you're going to get a terrible smell. So not only have you got the smell of dung, but you've also got the rot in there as well. So you have to really be sure that you're going through every single level, which is why it was probably so necessary for a guild to be behind it so they could mm. come and look at everything they're doing to make sure that if they're selling leather, which would have been even back then very expensive, that people are going to get their money's worth. Yeah, it's not going to be all reasty and horrible. Yeah. No. Um, so then you've got the dyeing of various colours. Obviously, it would have been a lot more limited back in the day. You've got uh, the the buffering, the brushing, the finishing, and also the grading system as well, which I didn't know is apparently quite important in today's world um, because you get certain types of leather in terms of its softness, its visual appearance, or its oh. thickness, its the, the, the design, the stitching. Um, it's all given a particular grade. Wow. Understanding a bit more now why leather is so expensive. Yeah, 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 completely. So if you walked around Bermondsey, you know, back in the 17, 1800s and you're passing all the tanning pits, it would have absolutely stunk. Would have hummed a little bit, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. <laughs> and whilst I was doing a little bit of research, I did actually find, find a, a bit of a fun fact, which is related to... Oh toilet tissue brilliant <laughs> so toilet tissue um 
there's a particular brand called Andrex. Are you familiar? Uh, familiar, yes. Puppy dogs and the like. Yeah. Do you know where that name came from? Oh, no, don't ruin it. Um, I assume it's not from cute little white fluffy puppy dogs running around. <laughs> no, it's not a bad thing at all. It's okay. not because I mentioned dog dung, <laughs> which now I think maybe there, there might actually be an underlined link. Um, no, Andrix Toilet Tissue got its name from Walthamstow. Uh, Walthamstow uh, is in the north of London. This is completely <laughs> just a fun fact for you all. <laughs> it's like we've gone slightly off topic. <laughs> so in Walthamstow, it was... Um, uh, named after a street which was called St Andrew's Road where they actually had the factory to make the Andrex toilet rolls. Okay. So uh, it comes from St Andrew's Road, Andrex. Lovely. What's that got to do with leather? <laughs> no, nothing at all. Really? But whilst, <laughs> whilst on the, uh, the subject of toilets or uh, dung, really? I thought that it <laughs> might be an interesting little footnote. <laughs> Why not? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway back on Bermondsey <laughs> now we have mentioned a couple of times when you know talking about well we've talked about Bermondsey actually a few times on our yeah podcast, we have yeah we? and we've spoke about how the area would have been you know one big slum and although so much money was pumped into the industry where you had the hide and wall exchange you had multiple buildings which made up the industry all around it, it would have been just diabolical. You would have had so many poor people. And if you lived close by, um, you would have had to have not had much money at all because how could you otherwise stand the smell? Um, so it meant that you just couldn't afford to go anywhere else. Um, and a lot of people were working within the factories for very little money. Wow. And yeah. yeah, so the area around it was was not good. Um, and with this, not many people visited. It was quite a, a closed off area uh, because of the smell and because I of can the factories. Yeah. <laughs> Just shut the door and don't go there, kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so in the 1870s, the hide and wall exchange was created. Um, and actually, this changed things a little bit because people actually went in and they purchased things. And, you know, there was a kind of a, a bit of entertainment around the idea of it, the exchange itself. Um, and you can still find this building in Bermondsey, the hide and wool exchange. It's oh, now right. turned. Yeah, it's now partly uh, apartments and partly a pub oh, um nice. yes and there's these little uh roundels around the side of the building which kind of has these images of people doing various things which are related to making leather which is quite oh. quite cute actually well not cute that's okay, such but... a stupid <laughs> word it's not cute at all oh, it's so adorable look at him there rubbing the dog poo <laughs> into the leather what a cutie you've got to see that round oh, <laughs> oh. So stupid. <laughs> anyway, is there, is there any um, truth to the stories that they used to um, pay, get pay children to sort of bring in buckets of urine that they could tan the leather with? Is there any truth to that? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of children, you know, from about the age of six or seven, you know, if they finished school, if they were lucky enough to go and get educated, um, they would go and help out the tanners and help out the people working in the leather industry. 
yeah wow. anything to put a little bit of extra money on the table for their families so yeah absolutely and they'd, they'd get paid for buckets of urine yeah wow. yeah yeah gosh. mad isn't it i know mad what other gosh. things do we make by peeing on them no probably let's not go down there <laughs> not go down that route route madness lies (laughs) (laughs) now one man who actually did visit um the hide and wool exchange is a man that we've mentioned a couple of times good old dicky you know no (laughs) (laughs) i don't know who you mean (laughs) charles dickens oh (laughs) (laughs) that makes more sense i was like richard something (laughs) you know donnie dicky um (laughs) No, Charles Dickens. So he, uh, when it was first opened in 1879, that same year he went in, because obviously he just, he gets everywhere, doesn't he, Dickens? He really does. That's what I love about Dickens, or actually like London, you can go anywhere and they'll be, oh, Charles Dickens used to drink here. It's like he probably came past once, you know, (laughs) scraped a bit of mud off his shoe out the front and they're like, oh, Dickens used to come here. It's like, come on, everybody. If if every single pub that has a Dickens reference uh, (laughs) was true, then he would have spent his entire life just drinking around London, which he may have done. He may may have done. You know, let's not completely dispute that. Um, So he walked around the area and he said that the entire area is devoted to thinners and tanners. The air reeks with evil smells. He talks about how the clothes on the workers are all stained. The trousers are discoloured by tan. Um, he talks about having to go through a huge gateway. And when you go through, you've got this kind of um, open courtyard in the middle and then tiny little rooms veer into various places. Uh, You've got public meeting rooms, reading rooms, smoking rooms. They also would have actually have had their own little tavern in there. Oh, wow. Which is why it's quite nice that the the building itself or part of the building is now the Lever Exchange Public House. Um, I've never been in, uh, especially not now because there's no pubs open. um, That's on the list, though. Yeah, we should definitely, definitely make a visit. Um, And also he saw tens of thousands of hides soaking in pits. So it must have been quite a I mean, if this was around today and was on Instagram or blogging or something, can you imagine? It'd have been a right old bummer. What do you think? I think (laughs) he would have got some great snaps. I mean, he might have done, but God, blimey, he'd have, he'd have gone to all the most depressing places and just been like, it was really rubbish here. Like, well, that's oh, true. Dickie. I mean, you never hear, you never hear Dickie say, <laughs> you know. I had a great know, time. It was brilliant. Oh, like, no. Went to this rose garden and I felt completely alive. <laughs> um, no. 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 Um, now, also, something that was established was Barrow and Gale. Now, Barrow and Gale is a, a leather company which is still going strong today. They were formed in the 1760s. And they were the ones that invented the 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 leather red dispatch boxes. Oh, mm. so um, and what the government use and the queen yes, uses? Yes, exactly. So I actually saw one yesterday on <laughs> <laughs> on Netflix when you were up at Parliament for your uh, <laughs> for your very important role as an MP. <laughs> always you know go downstairs to pick up my mail in my dispatch box. Um, no, I was watching. Um, Right, so I don't know if you've seen it. It's got Hugh Laurie in. It's called Roadkill. It's four episodes, nice. um, and in it you've got the Prime Minister, and she in front of her has this leather big red dispatch box. And I got quite excited because obviously I've been looking at dispatch boxes this past week. 
<laughs> oh, the thrill, the thrill of lockdown, <laughs> pure thrill. And my boyfriend was just like, it's a box. <laughs> Not just any box, darling. Not just any box. So this is a, a box that, you know, it, it transports um, secure items, sensitive documents that impact the UK, essentially. Yeah. Um, and they are also famed for inventing the little money purse for the Maundy money. Ah, interesting. Yeah, so Maundy money was distributed by the monarch since... Still is. Yeah, still is, uh, still, uh, since the 1200s with King John. Um, and it's money that is given to the poor or through the years it's been closed or different things. And there's this particular pouch which is stained with British ram's leather, mm. red stained. Um, and inside... I think this is right, Alex. The amount of coins in there is the same. Uh, is it the age of the queen? It's the age of the monarch, yeah. The so age of the, the monarch. Was she, she 94? Was she 94 now? Oh my goodness, I can't even. It, they change it every year. Um, <laughs> she's, she's 94. And so that would mean she'd be giving 94 pounds to 94 people, as I understand it. Yes. Yep. So mm. the little pouch was created by Barrow and Gale. Well, there we go. I like that. Yeah. Um, now it has, um, even though you can find, you know, little things around Bermondsey, which kind of tell you about the leather industry, there's a, a lovely little warehouse down Bermondsey Street itself. And it just says, it's quite faded now, but you can kind of see the black letters saying the leather trade. Mm. And you can see um, some of the old cranes that are attached to some of the windows. I love that sort of stuff. That's one of my oh, favourite things of London mm. are the old warehouses with the cranes. And yeah. there's loads around where we live because, of course, we're by the docks. Mm -hmm. I just love love it because it just speaks to me of mm. a hive of industry and a hustle and bustle of times gone by and you know what I wouldn't have give to, given to see that in in action I just love yeah. that it's such a kind of tangible yeah. link to the past <laughs> can you imagine if we transported our back our way back to the 1800s just to look at like <laughs> A crane lifting something up into one of those big windows. Just you and me standing in the corner going, oh, 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 look at that. <laughs> Honestly, oh, worst tourists ever. <laughs> um, so you can see little things like that. You can also find a statue, which is just at the end of Tooley Street, just kind of the opening of Bermondsey, if you like, very close to London Bridge Station. And it's a statue of Samuel Bourne Bevington. Mm. Um, Samuel Bourne Bevington, he was the first mayor of Bermondsey and he put a lot of money and time and energy into the area. Um, he created a big library there and he is part of the Bevington family. And there are certain families that kind of started the leather industry and oh, really nice. kind of got it going in the early 1800s. Oh, wow. um, so this, this must have been quite a big trade for London in terms of bringing in quite a lot of money mm. and that sort of thing must it oh absolutely yeah 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 big time so we know kind of where it ranked in sort of importance of of industries and economies well i think all of um actually hang on i've got where do I, don't put this in but so i do know that so in 1792 a third of all the leather made in this country was made in Bermondsey. Wow. Yeah. That's a huge amount. Yeah. So if you were connected in any way to the leather industry, Bermondsey would have been on your lips constantly. Yeah. 
Yeah, Not so because it wouldn't have tasted very nice. <laughs> <laughs> You would certainly you need a couple of white wipes. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be nice. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, as I say, there now you can find this statue of one of the Bevingtons. You can see the, the pub, which was the hide and wool exchange and a couple of little things here and there. But most of it was destroyed um, during World War Two as Bermondsey was heavily bombed. Mm. Yeah, like so many things. Yeah, mm. almost bombed out of existence and, and where did it move anywhere did the leather trade move or yes so it started to move up north because the thing is what you do need is you do need space yeah and because london through the years is starting to heave with people even in the worst places where you've got the slums people are moving into mm. so um they're just running out of space so they end up moving to the north which is where the leather industry still is today wow yeah, and I guess the, the you know the systems have changed, and they won't be using uh, buckets of pee and 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 dog poo. Um, no, but... no. So <laughs> now they're I don't know what chemicals they're using, but I know that they they've changed it quite a lot. They've found certain substances that they can use that do do the job just as well. However, there's probably some places around the world which you know let's say dung is probably a lot more cheaper and easier to gain than maybe some of these chemicals dependable on where these chemicals are made um so that process the original process i'm sure still happens around the world somewhere yeah almost certainly yeah yeah goodness so there we go that's a little bit of information there for you about the leather industry in bermondsey love that because i just love yeah i I'm, i'm really obsessed with I'm not so bothered about the kings and queens because we know so much about them, you know, and there's so much documented. But I love the how everybody, you know, the normal people used to work and what they mm. went through and the the things they were interested in. And I mean, it's just it's fascinating to me. Mm. Um, the so amount I love of that. jobs oh, I know. that people had, you know, and even incredibly just incredibly skilled jobs as well. Mm. Mm, incredibly skilled. Yeah. I mean, if you were in the leather industry today making leather, you could make a huge huge amount of money especially if you think because you've got cars like aston martins that you know are have interior levers and different things like that yeah handbags Um, and all that kind of stuff i mean yeah 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 a very big call for it um leather wine but i guess now i mean i I don't know whether um leather is less of a byproduct and more of an actual sort of a product that they're aiming for from the animals i don't know if that you know obviously you said about um what's the face what is her face stella mccartney McCartney. um you know obviously famously from a, a very vegan family mm. um so that's totally ex- expected but i wonder whether um animals are farmed you know kind of the top products are meat and leather and all the stuff that used to be really big and used to be really important are kind of byproducts now i mean i don't know it's um well i do know that um there's quite a few disputes shall we say with harrods I was about to say, am I allowed to say Harrods? But get over yourself, Emily. It's just not the BBC yet, babe. (laughs) (laughs) Getting ideas above your station. (laughs) Give myself a bit of a slap there. (laughs) Um, Other luxury department stores are available. (laughs) Um, Because they do quite a a few crocodile bags. And I can't remember where they... um, they get the crocodile skin from but I have, crocodiles uh know where they get it from i don't know where around the world but the way um 
oh, there was a, an article a couple of months ago. I wish I paid more attention to it now. Um, but the way that the uh, the crocodiles and the alligators are farmed is completely shocking. You know, really? to think that they they're still still making them. Okay. So I think that I think in the next few years we will see see a few more bands on leather. Mm. Mm. Well, I'm going to go and eat some chicken. <laughs> 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 on, the, on that note no I'm joking um fab well that was brilliant thank you so much i love those little insights into um yeah the, the industries and the and the periods of time gone by no worries um, and you also got your andrex fact and and the andrex fact as well which i had literally already forgotten um and, <laughs> and i will remember and say it again uh, i will i will tell people it and not credit you how about that <laughs> <laughs> good because it's terrible <laughs> No, I like it. I like it. Okay. Um, Podcast pedestal. So we need to think about uh, what you would like as your pick for podcast pedestal. Okay, I know what I'm going to go for. All right. I hope it's not what I'm going to go for. <laughs> I'm going to go for, should we say after three? <laughs> okay. One, two, three. Animal dung. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, hadn't, I hadn't chosen anything. I, just, I was panicking. <laughs> No, actually, I had, I had, but I, 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 um, I want to go for the, the, um, company that makes the little, the, the red leather, very famous, like red leather boxes and, and the little Maundy Money pouches. So, oh, yeah. really? Oh, you're going to go for um, what are they called? Barrow and Gale. Barrow and Gale. Yep. Barrow and Gale. Okay. Bring it on. So you don't think that people are, are liking animal dung? Oh no! I mean, you, you go for animal dung, babe. I mean, <laughs> um, I'm I'm gonna. I mean, we we just we're, we're seeing a very different side to, to each of us here. You're going properly, you know, animal poo. I'm going high end, darling. I'm going for luxury. luxury well, I leather. just, I yeah, I just think you know, it was such an important product in the leather um, creation, um, and also I think it just conjures up that that atmosphere of bermondsey the smell yeah. yeah i like that um although i'm really gonna enjoy watching you put uh, animal poo on instagram <laughs> yeah i know um, <laughs> well, the reason i want to go for the the red dispatch boxes and the little um because i think they're so iconic those mm. um, and it just shows that from and this is sort of what i love about the london of old i mean it's it's kind of awful really but I still love it is that you had London was so divided you had the the really poor areas who were doing all the grunt work and and making um luxury items from pretty awful conditions and hideous sort of ingredients and then they managed to produce these insanely beautiful products which are such good quality that they're being used at the absolute highest echelons of the country so for the queen and the and the government um and so for me i think that that is testament to the quality and dedication of the industry in bermondsey um meaning that they're not just making products to get everybody by they're making products that are literally fit for a king Mm. um, which i think is fascinating yeah yeah very true very true there we go you better all vote for me this week, you lot. No, come on. I'm on a winning streak now. <laughs> so, yes, that's my pick. So yours is animal poo. <laughs> and mine is um, <clears throat> red leather dispatch boxes. If I can fit it all in. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So, um, yes. Do you want to tell the people out there what you've got coming up, Alex? 
tell the people right yes well um okay so i'm still a bit sort of uh, i'm still developing a couple of things but we mentioned earlier global tea break is back from next monday three o'clock over on instagram monday to friday and richard ing is back from monarch monday <gasps> yay! Is, yay! and i think spoiler i think he's been growing a beard so you're oh, going to want to see that <laughs> oh fantastic because his some... beard his beard was pretty um pretty beardy oh it was pretty it? impressive it was pretty impressive and i tell you what i'm going to give you a um a sneak peek into what's coming up because Ooh. um i haven't even uh, i haven't put this on instagram or anywhere yet but let me find my little list of what we've got coming up so the first week we've got richard ing back talking about queen anne which is a fantastic story she's amazing uh and then on tuesday we're talking um with my colleague simon um we're going to be talking about turner the artist and the 20 pound note and it sounds really weird on the 20 pound note we have turner um, but there's so many other really exciting little interesting bits and pieces um that are all kind of like secret little bits on this we're going to be talking about that wednesday women's wednesdays we're talking uh, about miss lala who is a really fascinating person um she's a woman of color she's a a theater performer she's really fascinating and she's on one of um dugar's most famous paintings that you will know um and then we've got our lovely colleague leo coming on to talk about London's theatre secrets and what we can look forward to hopefully in 2021 um, and then on the Friday we've got uh, kind of London through a lens we're looking at L- some of London's most uh, photogenic and Instagrammable spots so that's the first week uh, and Excellent. I've got, got a few weeks planned and loads of great guests coming in um, but the other thing I'm doing and I haven't quite launched it yet but it, it's it, I'm testing it uh, today as we speak um, we uh, I'm launching a Essentially, I'm a big fan of escape rooms, right? I love an escape room. And I've been doing loads virtually during lockdown. And I've decided I'm doing my own kind of, it's sort of an escape room. It's more of a puzzle box. It's like an escape box. And it's based around the Tudors. In fact, the six wives of Henry VIII, it's based around them. So that is going to be something that you can get the family around and do. um, And that'll be going live sometime hopefully in the next week such a good idea love that love that and then there will be more virtual tours i haven't figured that bit out yet so um those are my things that are coming up and keep your eyes peeled for them what about you so (laughs) not as much (laughs) so i have a a virtual tour coming out on the 24th of this month which is a sunday so a week on sundays at seven o'clock and alex you won't be surprised but it is the dark side of london the goth guides dark side of london (laughs) fantastic so i'm going to be talking about all things macabre and nasty all the sounds like you oh i know i'm really kind of having to change myself for this one um no i'm really really into it and i hope that whoever comes and joins me will also love it too sure they will or Mm. or slash be really disgusted by it and never want to speak to you again you know true it's a win-win it's a win-win we'll see see what happens um but they can book that on the londontourgroup.com i haven't put it on my website yet but i will but at the moment it's on the londontourgroup.com amazing get all your goth guide facts here yeah fantastic um brilliant well, that, looks, that sounds exciting. Um, and we'll keep you updated as we get more things and do more stuff. And hopefully this time next week, the puzzle box will be up and running so we can uh, fill you yeah. all in on the details. I'm really looking forward to it. I've been varnishing boxes and and, and setting locks and, and all kinds of puzzles and things. Oh, yeah. Sounds so good. I'm been a labour of love. I've been working on about two months, but anyway. <laughs> the Wheel of Destiny. Right, so right. it's time for next week's... Um, 
wheel to find out where we're going to go. Yeah. Where would you like to go? Mm, well, we haven't done a person for a while, so I'd quite like somewhere that I can do a person. We've done lots of events and things, yeah. so I'd quite like to do a person. Um, yeah, don't really mind. Okay. Well, off we go. <laughs> little face. It's Clark and Well. No, oh, yeah. Oh, I love Clark and Well. Well, Me that's too. Cool. Um, that's a great one. There's a few people um, uh, we could talk about in Clerkenwell. Um, I want to do a bit of women's history, I think. So I'm going to go for Amelia Edwards, who okay. was an Egyptologist and a writer. And she's got Ooh. a book back in Clerkenwell. So I am going to, yeah, I'm going to go for Amelia. Wonderful. What era are we talking? We're talking um, Victorian era. Wonderful. Um, she was around for, well, pretty much most of the 1800s, actually. Mm. Um, really interesting lady. So we'll talk about her. Lovely. Week. Lovely brilliant well that is it for global tea break except oh no i do have one more thing i want to tell you about um let me just find the details um and i'm so excited about this right you all know that the lovely ben morales frost has written our um fantastic theme tune for ladies who london and um he is more than just a theme tune for podcast composer he is very much a proper composer in his own right and has written musicals and all sorts and um one of his musicals which i saw a couple of years ago in the development phase and it was really really good um is called the sorcerer's apprentice it's a musical of that story and it was supposed to be on um theater in london in like kind of now really january but um obviously they can't do that so it's going to be streamed live um or rather no, actually it's not live everything's gonna be streamed from a live performance um and it's going to be streamed on um a platform called stream.theater from the 22nd of um uh, sorry 26th of february until the 14th of march um i'm really really excited to see it i mean ben is absolutely phenomenal he's done a variety of different musicals um one that was cancelled last year again that we were supposed to go and see um but i'm super excited to see after the development phase what the sorcerer's apprentice has become so um please please go and um, have a little look at it think about booking it um he is just amazing and we are so thankful that he, he did our um our theme tune uh, for us so um yeah let's go and give him a little bit of love and support so you want to look at um stream.theater or just chuck a sorcerer's apprentice musical into google and it will come up um but yeah it'd be fantastic there's there's some puppetry in there um and then obviously songs and dancing and it's just fantastic so please please oh that sounds brilliant and we need a bit of entertainment don't we yeah we do we absolutely do and he yeah. is um, he's a consummate um uh, entertainer so yay I'm yay i will keep reminding you about that because it is um it is going to be brilliant there we go brilliant and please you know feel free to message us about anything guys and you know if for instance if you live in bermondsey if you've noticed things that are connected to the industry yeah. uh, to the lever trade industry or you've got any ideas for things that you want us to talk about you know later on yeah. then please do feel free to message absolutely and if you've got any pictures of chris hemsworth i'll happily accept them as well that's not a problem <laughs> um, whatever you fancy sending us we are up for a little bit you know let's face it we're all stuck in this i'm i'm living alone so i've got nothing going on here so give me a give me a bit of a shout give me some fun stuff um send me pictures of thor yeah <laughs> I am currently working through the Marvel back catalogue. Yes, I saw. I saw well, your post the other day. You've got about ago. 12 to get through. Oh, more than that. So I, I, I saw Avengers Endgame last year. I didn't understand a thing. <laughs> I've seen like the odd Marvel film and especially, of course, I've seen all the Thors. Um, 
And so I, I asked for advice from my friends and they were all, <laughs> one voice just said, go back and watch the whole lot. So I'm working through, I'm working through. I'm, I'm watched two, I'm in the middle of Iron Man 2 at the minute. Gosh, I mean, you think you know someone. I definitely wouldn't have put you down as a four lover, I have to say. Well, so there I, you go. No, it's the long hair, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's enough about my- uh... Anyway. <laughs> Uh, the things that I like. Um, I hope you all like the podcast. That's uh, that was a hideous segue, wasn't it? Um, thank you all so much for coming and listening this week. Uh, please do like, subscribe, rate us, um, send us all your money and pictures of Thor, all that kind of stuff. It helps us. Uh, uh, helps us um, massively if you're um, willing to share. I know a lot of people have been sharing the podcast with their friends. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you we, so oh, much, guys. We have also had over four thousand do- downloads around the world. <gasps> That's Nathan. May that continue. Brilliant. Exciting. So we will see you next week. Yes, see you next week for a little slice of Clerkenwell. Absolutely. Take care, everybody. See you next week. Bye.